0: Hi, welcome to Pentecost Today podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined by the Executive Director of Pentecost Today USA, Alicia Hartle.
1: Steve, it's great to be here with all who are joining us from across the nation and some from around the world. And we are just so humbled today to be gathering with a very special guest. Before we dive into hearing from that guest, we want to take a moment to pray and unpack a little bit of our doctrinal commission. So, Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you boldly and humbly as children of God. And Father, even as we come before you in the name of Jesus, Father, we lift up to you this time together. And we ask that you would be magnified and that there would be a coming of the kingdom of heaven in our hearts, in our minds, and Lord, in our lives that your spirit would be poured out upon us now. We pray all of this for your glory and honor, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And as always, after we pray, we kind of have a little routine now. We've been doing we do. these about what, <laughs> 10 or 12 of these, so we're, we're getting there, and it's, okay. it's not by accident that we do this. So For everyone that's listening, what we like to do is, one, we pray. It's all about you know bringing the spirit to us, getting closer to God. That's the ultimate end goal of why we do this. But at the same time, to let a lot of folks who may be, you know, fairly new to understanding this moment or or this movement, excuse me, is to understand, you know, what is this whole baptism in the Holy Spirit? And so we actually read from the the doctrinal commission. And uh, again, we continue to encourage people to go out and get a copy of this if you do not have a copy of it. As always, I'm going to throw it out there. Go out to the website, pentecosttodayusa.org and you can see a lot of these resources. But reading from this, we want to introduce something specifically before we bring our guest on, because everything we're doing is being driven. It's not necessarily being driven by us. We're hoping that it is being driven by the Spirit, again, with the intent to bring people closer to God and welcome those spiritual gifts. So from the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna read uh, the power for sanctification. Baptism in the Spirit is a discovery of the Holy Spirit's power to lead us to deeper conversion and holiness of life. This is often manifested in a newfound authority to resist sinful tendencies, a freedom from addictions or deep-rooted patterns of sin, and the healing of relationships, especially in marriage and the family. Alicia, I always like to yeah. you have your, the first comment on that.
1: Yeah, no, that the quote that we just heard is extraordinary. Sometimes for a lifetime we struggle with sin, with temptation, and and so just this fruit of baptism in the Holy Spirit, that there is deliverance even from addiction, that there is healing even to the the deepest and most intimate relationships like marriage or within families. It's it's a glorious fruit of baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some of what inspired students who made the Duquesne weekend retreat came out of a book that was written about the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit coming into the streets of New York City and setting young people free from all kinds of addiction, coming out of life in gangs, life in the streets, and just extraordinary, uh, extraordinary grace. And, you know, we don't always have the opportunity to connect with people who are from New York City. Today's guest is actually born and raised in the Bronx, New York, and so uh, with no further ado, we want to introduce Fausto Franco. He is a council member of Pentecost Today USA, so the National Service Committee of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, and he has worn a number of different hats, both in his work and in his ministry. So, Fausto, thank you and welcome.
2: Thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here with you, and God bless everyone that is listening to us.
0: No, it's fantastic. Um, by the way, it was a fantastic segue, by the way, into New York City. But Fausto, I'm going to start off because I'll, I will tell you, I was looking at your bio, and, and it, for the folks that are listening, for me, I'm, I'm being introduced to a lot of these folks. Alicia, you've known them for a long time, and you've been working with them. For me, it's an opportunity to meet these people that have essentially something in their life clicked, and they decided, hey, I'm going to give my life to this. This is real I believe it. And, and I'm going to tell you something that actually stood out. This will, this will seem trivial to people listening, but to me it, it's not. Fausto, you have a degree in computer science. Or was it computer engineering or computer science? Both. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you why, why I, I brought that up. The, when you get those types of degrees, because my, my undergrad is computer science, my master's is in computer uh, studies when I was a software engineer. When you get those technical degrees, your mind thinks logically. It says, you know, I'm sure you remember these classes of how they do proofs. Proofs are very big in computer science. So you need proofs. It's all ones and zeros. It's analytical. It's very, you know, if this, then that. But yet at the same time, you're doing something, you're living a life that's almost counterintuitive to somebody that's more of an analytic, you know, go back to my discrete math and binary and all that stuff. You know, a lot of people think that, well, you can't be spiritual and be a scientific reasonable person so i want to kind of start off right there how did that transition happen for you because what was the aha moment where you said i can still be an analytical thinking person but yet take a leap of faith in my spiritual life
2: so it it's really interesting that you mentioned that because that was probably the one thing that i struggled with the most after i got out of undergrad with my computer science degree was i turned into that logical person and then I was trying to look at life through the logic of that there had to be a reason and an understanding and explanation for everything even though before going into college I did have my encounter so I was kind of in in this the beginning of my journey but then it was in my 20s when I had a I would say a re-encounter or just I guess um a vulnerability within myself to allow the Lord to break the structures within which I was trying to fit God into and fit the world to operate like a computer for me. And once I was kind of able to allow that and God's grace helped that happen, it it allowed me to be able to live in both worlds, for lack of a better word.
0: But and you know what, it's funny that you said you had an encounter before then you went to school, because, by the way, I'm in a very similar uh, position, except I, would, I freely admit that I still struggle with things because of my logical mind. I look at things and I say, there's no way. I'm not disproving. This is one thing I've always said, but I don't not believe in God. I believe in an all-powerful being. What, what I, My debate internally is, is what we think is real, the right understanding of it. But you said something key. You had an encounter then you went off to school and your kind of mind got into that logical moment. By the way, I teach at RMU. So Robert Morris University, big shout out to the school. And obviously before we go on any further, I've got to give a thank you to our engineer, Joe Hale, but, um, he's sitting right there. So I had to give a shout out to you, Joe, but I do want to say because I teach and I teach a lot of these classes. And so here I am being that discrete math, you know, that calculating person and trying to have that spiritual side. And you said before, I had a, a moment. Then you go to college, and then you kind of train the, the thought a little differently. Then you come out of college, and you have kind of a, a reinvigoration. Would you agree, then, that it's not a one-and-done experience? This should not be, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm done. I'm good to go. I'll never have doubts again. Would you, would you agree with that?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a continual thing. To, for those that are in the tech world, it's you know, the, the continual cycle of software development. Um, You you never end with the product. You're always making enhancements. You're always making improvements. You're finding things that don't work that need correction. And I would say that the spiritual life applies in a similar vein. To you, Steve, I also teach or have had the blessing to teach now, and I've been teaching at Catholic Distance University, um, which is an an online university, and I'm specifically teaching a course in computer science and a course in mathematics that has theology as a backbone that it starts with before we dive into any of the material. So it's looking at the sciences as a way of showing that they point to the reality that God exists. And then, you know, specifically with the computer science course, since we're talking about the IT world in that course, you know, I start with some church documents, you know, basically, uh, a papal encyclical that's about 60-plus years old now, so it has to do with social communication and the use of technology or what the modern technology of the time was, which were radio, television, and the newspaper. And basically that the church is calling forth for the use of those technologies of the time to be used to promote the common good of man. And one of the first questions that I put forth to, to my students is can we agree that the church was speaking with a prophetic voice and that we can apply these same concepts to the technology that has come since then, that didn't exist in that point since when that document was put
0: out. Well, the, the, so the irony is, is that we've strayed very far from that, but Alicia.
1: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And and it's amazing to hear, Fausto, the integration that the Lord has provided and called you into as you teach both in the computer science world, and bringing the wealth of the grace of a theological, uh, really groundwork for those who are studying. So glory to God in the highest. That is awesome. If I still, you know, I, I think it's important for for those who are listening to hear just a little bit of the experience itself of baptism in the Holy Spirit. what What brought it about? Was there a particular invitation that came from someone? How did you kind of take that jump from being in a place of you know, maybe, maybe an embrace of what is logical and, and kind of the, uh, the place of going beyond what is in the natural into the supernatural?
2: So my first encounter, I was probably about 12 years old, and it was in June it was a, it was a June and my parents had organized a vigil at our house, and they had gotten a bunch of chairs. They got some folks to come over that were you know doing music ministry, and we used to live in the Bronx and we had the grace at the time that we actually lived in a house, so there was a yard, and you know we had worship in in the yard, and it was my first time kind of being exposed. Then there were some older, young people that were there and, you know, they're clapping and they're kind of leading things. And I was into it with them. And then as the night went, we went inside the house and we just, they started worshiping um, and praying and praising the Lord. And I knew I had my eyes closed and then I don't know how long went, but I know that at the next thing that I knew I was on the floor And I opened my eyes, and then I was overwhelmed, and I was just crying, like, unstoppable. Um, And it wasn't, like, crying because of being sad or afraid, but it was just being really overwhelmed. And that was kind of where the first time that I kind of had this, I guess, deep seed planted of having a, a, a knowledge that God exists without necessarily having an understanding. If that makes sense.
0: But you had beliefs before that. You just you just weren't mature in those beliefs or or what?
2: Yeah, I mean I I had beliefs, you know, I knew I knew God existed, you know, we went to mass, but I guess the the sense of having an experience of sensing the reality of something versus the head knowledge of it, up to that point in time had not necessarily happened for me.
1: Mm. and uh, you know Fausto I think there's something there that everyone who's had this encounter can say you know I believed but now I have had an encounter with the Lord with this life-changing experience of the Holy Spirit so it's it's so beautiful to hear how you received how that came about even that it was in your home and that it was through the invitation of your parents that's That's incredible. Now, for those who are listening, uh, Fausto went on to serve as the national coordinator for the Hispanic youth in the U.S. and Canada. He has done mission work in the Dominican Republic, in parts of Central and South America, across the U.S., and Fausto, it would be great just to hear some of the journey, some of the highlights of how the Holy Spirit moved you. You know, we're hearing these kind of snapshots of your background and of your experience of the Lord. But it would be great to hear just how did the Spirit lead you and move you into that incredible ministry that you've entered into?
2: Um, it's, it's you know, in some cases, part of my a um, majority of my growth and just where everything started for me was at the Hispanic Catholic Charismatic Center in the Bronx, New York. My mom used to work there. So even when we were kids, we used to go there with her usually when we were on school break to help her. And usually um, during the day on Tuesdays, they would have service. So, you know, they had a, a prayer group that would get together, there would be mass. And, you know, as kids, not necessarily saying that I was into it, but we we were there we were there with mom so we Mm -hmm. you had to be there Mm -hmm. so it's kind of you know you were immersed into it even if you weren't necessarily um looking to be active and then when i was in high school i went back to live a retreat and then from that point forward i started serving in the ministry there and you know that one thing led to another and just continually being active and then after i got out of school Again, you know, just having experiences encounters and starting to, I had served in a interior healing retreat that kind of was one of the things that even though I was serving, I received a lot and the Lord was able to put a lot of things in order for me in breaking down those structures that kind of just helped the growth. And then after that, it was just a a series of different invitations to different things from different people. A deacon inviting me to serve in prison ministry, and stepping and walking into that without necessarily knowing mm. what to expect, having my reservations, <laughs> but then seeing you know how the Lord acted in in that environment, knowing that there was a de- another deacon that had been asking me or inviting me to go to mission with him to the Dominican Republic for a few years, and I was kind of just continuing to kind of put it off and come up with an excuse, and then. I finally went, and you know we go on that mission, a group of us, and from that mission returning or even before returning at that mission, you know it kind of comes out that the bishop at the time that was leading the Hispanic Catholic charismatic Center was basically um, picking me to be the next coordinator for the ministry for the Hispanic Catholic charismatic Renewal Center in the Bronx for youth ministry. Hmm. And there were just continual things that kind of opened up to me as I stepped into certain things. Uh, the same thing happened even with me pursuing a, a master's in theology. It's the, the old joke. It's like, you know, tell, your God, tell God your plans and, and, and have a chuckle. I was refusing to want to go back to school, but I felt the need to go. I felt that I wasn't adequately prepared to minister the same way that I am prepared to work as a, a technologist. So I had list, made a list of demands to the Lord under which conditions I would go back to school. So go figure. How'd that work and, out?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'll tell you. Uh, so one day I'm, I'm sitting, you know, at work and I, for some reason I was Googling something for work and all of a sudden an ad for Catholic Dist- Distance University pops up And next thing I know, I clicked on the ad. Next thing I know, I'm on the the school's page. Mm. And I'm reading, you know, what the school has to offer and pretty much see that the school checks off all of the demands that I put before the Lord. And I shared this with a friend. And it was kind of like, okay, so your next option here or the next move here is technically you have to apply because now you have something in front of you. So my friend and I both applied and we both got in but I was the I was the only one that was in a place that could move forward. So it was kind of like okay, Lord, so you you got me all the way to think that there was going to be, you know, someone that I knew going through this with me and then right when it was the next step it was like no, from here on, you're it's just you. And it was amazing because as I was taking my coursework the Lord was pretty much putting those things into practice right away for me, which is one of the things that I appreciated a lot from my theology degree, compared to doing computer science and computer systems engineering, you're learning the material, but you're not necessarily putting into practice. And I found myself in youth ministry, putting what I was learning in my coursework immediately to
0: practice. Mm Well, I would say this though. I do like the fact that you try and put a, I mean, for a lack of a better term, a, a theological spin on a computer engineering or computer science course. I, I do think that all roads sort of point back to some great creation. There, there's there's too much non-randomness. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a techie guy and a lot of math background, and there's no randomness in this. This is all this is so complex and it's so structured that there's no way it almost People say, "Well, you got to follow the science. The more I follow the science, the more it points me to God, because of the fact that it's so it's so complicated that it's you can't it cannot just just can't be random." And so I like the fact that you're trying to say there there is a theological spin to this. So I, I, I appreciate that. Let's talk about what else you, are you working on right now? What are some of the projects you got going on?
2: So currently, I'm, well, I am a thought, I am married and a father of two boys. So my wife and I got married in August of 2020, while the world was kind of seemingly um, At an end. thinking that it was coming <laughs> to an end. <laughs> and we had our first son in 2022, and then we had our second son in 2023. So we have two under two. Congratulations. For so, real. so that's uh, that's you know one of, that's my main mission per se and then at my parish i am i've been serving as an rcia catechist so i've been ministering to mainly young adults because the folks that have been coming through through rcia now are mainly um individuals that are either in high school or in college or post-college so it's allowed me to journey with them and to bring the faith to them in a way so that they can prepare themselves to receive the sacraments. I'm also serving within uh, the Albany Diocese. There's a ministry known as Residents Encounter Christ, which is a prison ministry that visits state correctional facilities to offer what is a currillo-like weekend to inmates and those that are incarcerated so that they can come to know of the love of God and the existence of God even within their current environments.
1: It's beautiful. Fausto, it's awesome to see your fiat, to see your faith in the Lord as you're taking these these steps in faith even laying before the Lord, Lord, if if you want me to do this, this is what I need. And then and then seeing the fullness of ministry not only in New York City, not only nationally, not only internationally, but but really in this fulfillment of bringing baptism in the Holy Spirit, life in the Spirit to the whole church through RCIA, and then out into the world through prison ministry, living this fullness of being poured out in the Lord. It's it's glorious to hear what the Lord is doing with you. And, And that testimony, I think, speaks to all of us. You know, sometimes maybe we think, you know, I work as an accountant. Could I really be doing prison ministry? Kind of that, that hesitation that you first shared. I think a lot of us can identify with that, like, Lord, is this really for me? But the Holy Spirit is always taking us on adventures, always inviting us into more. And it's just, it's glorious to hear the work of the Lord through you. Fausto, you you just recently, you're, you're on our editorial board for Pentecost Today magazine. And you just authored an article recently on the interpretation of tongues. Um, So the gifts of speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues are tied very closely together. And for some of those who are with us on this episode, they have experience with these gifts, but for others that is brand new for them. So even just giving some highlights of what are these gifts? and uh, maybe a few highlights even from what you recently wrote in the article and obviously people can go and find the article online and and read and discover more but it would be great just to hear some of that background from you
2: sure so the the gift of prophecy and it's one of those things that even you know i'll i'll admit that i still struggle with at times just because you have no control for lack of a better word and Steve can agree with me that when you come out of an IT world and you have logic, logic itself provides you a sense of control because you can define your parameters and your inputs and outputs. And with the gift of tongues, especially in prophecy and interpretation, you don't have the control of what comes in and what goes out or when it happens either. So it, for me, took some time to just learn to surrender to to the Lord, to be open, and then at the same time just reading books like those from Father the Grandis, just especially the prayer groups were definitely uh, a great training ground mm-hmm. um, because it was a safe space to be able to to put the gifts in action and in practice, and then to be able to have correction when needed. Of how you know what to do what not to do and then having the the openness that when you are called forth to just surrender and trust and know that God knows where your heart is and if you're doing it with the right intentions, then the Lord will provide even if you don't know what he's provided
1: yeah so um, maybe for those of us joining who haven't experienced a prayer meeting Fausto, can you share a little bit of what a typical prayer meeting might look like, just so there's a context of when and how they might see the gift of prophecy?
2: Sure. So in in the prayer meeting, you know, it, it can be during uh, your times of praise and worship. It can be during uh, the time of during the prayer meeting where you may be praying for others, whether you're praying for healing, when you're having that, moment of intercession, whether it can be during uh, that time where you're calling forth on the Holy Spirit. And it's just an openness to allow God to speak and allow God to manifest himself through the, through the people. Sometimes, usually, what happens is that someone may sense that the Lord desires to speak, and, and the assembly of those gathered create a space for the Lord to speak, which is usually f- entails a silence. Sometimes someone may start to sense that there's someone that is speaking with the gift of prophecy in tongues because just either the tone, the cadence, inflection is not the norm. And that by itself kind of starts to overtake the room, for lack of a better word, and everyone else in unity of the spirit starts to kind of quiet down so that that voice that is made itself present is the one that is being heard by all
1: mm-hmm. that's fausto thank you for sharing that and you know i think for those listening there's speaking in tongues and there is praying in tongues when we pray in tongues we have the lord will give a personal prayer language and oftentimes it's praying in tongues of thanksgiving praise worship and oftentimes those tongues are kind of repetitive. So even as Fausto is sharing with us about the cadence changes, the tone changes, when there is a prophetic word, so a speaking in tongues, even the sound of it can be the sound of encouragement, the sound of exhortation, and it's it sounds different. There's oftentimes an authority that you hear and the proclamation of a prophetic word, whether it's in English or whether it's in tongues. And when a prophetic word is proclaimed in tongues, there is an interpretation of tongues. So so for those joining us who say, you know, this is intriguing. I don't know much about this, but I, I want to learn more. Look up the Doctrinal Commission to learn more and look up the latest issue of the magazine. You can find it at the website. Fausto wrote a beautiful article just unpacking these precious gifts. And the gifts are mysterious. And I think there is something, Fausto, to the mystery that you, you pointed out, just like this is beyond what is natural, this is beyond what is logical. And I think there is something to yielding control to the Lord, so radical docility, radical yielding to the gift, but also uh, discernment is part of it. Is this in line with the teachings of the church? Is this in line with scripture? So it's just powerful for those listening, even to hear of, you know, if, if you want to cultivate this gift, Cultivate it in a prayer meeting so that you can receive that grace of discernment and be raised up to really grow an understanding of how the Holy Spirit is moving and cultivating this gift in you in a way that is confirmed in Scripture and confirmed in church teaching. So, uh, Fausto, we are just so humbled to have you here with us. We're so humbled by the grace of what the Lord is doing in your life and ministry and in your family. Your wife and your little ones, what a precious gift of the Lord to have you here with us. Thank you.
2: Thank you. For me it's not something that I would think would I would never picture that this would be something I would be doing, but again, God has, you know, mysterious ways of, of leading us down paths. You know, I I knew at some point a while ago that I had I could see myself in a teaching I just didn't think that it would be the way that I'm doing it now. Mm -hmm. And I knew that when I was doing my, my theology degree, it's like, I want to find a way of combining both sciences. And then, you know, here I am doing these things. And I think that it's just the continual seeing of God's hand in things Mm -hmm. and just continuing to ask God to provide the grace to step through the doors even if I don't fully understand or know where they may lead to, um, and trusting that he has a plan.
1: Yeah. Fausto, that's, it's so awesome to hear, even as you've seen the glory of the Lord taking massive steps in faith, even that today, as you join us, you're saying, and and even more, Lord, I need even more faith to take even more steps. So just it's beautiful to hear that. I'm wondering if you can pray for those who are joining us to have an increase in faith and an increase in life in, in the spirit um it's just uh, i think it's something that we want to turn to the lord we want to look to the holy spirit even to receive so if you would lead us in prayer that would be wonderful
2: sure so in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for all those that are joining us and listening, Lord, wherever they may be. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to make yourself present at this moment that they may begin to, to feel you, to sense you, to take you in as their deep breaths, to realize that it is not the air that they're breathing, but it is your very presence. And that as they take in each deep breath of your presence, Lord, that you may fill them with the knowledge and the understanding of who you are and what you are calling each one of them to be, that you begin to fill them and that you begin to unlock the gifts that you have already given them and that those that they have already started to put into practice, that you strengthen, that you renew so that they can move forward and carry forward the mission that you have entrusted to each one of them. I ask you, Spirit of the Living God, that you help them to either build prayer groups in their communities or find prayer groups, that they find these prayer groups to be places where they can safely learn, grow in community because these gifts have been given so that the community may grow. And the only way that our gifts will grow is by putting them in practice at the service of the community. Jesus, give us your heart, your love, to serve your people the way that you did while on earth and the way that you continue to do now. God the Father, protect us, envelop us in your heart. And I ask Mother Mary and St. Joseph, you who are the guardians of our Lord, That you guard every single one of us, those that are listening, those that are with us now, so that we may be able to drive and move forward to live in the presence of the Holy Spirit, to live a life full of the Spirit, so that it is the norm for everyone, and it is that which attracts us all to continue to live in the love of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. 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 Fausta, thank you. And thank you to all who have joined us. You know, if if you are just praying with us now and saying, you know, I want to find a prayer group, you can go to our website. There is under connect, you'll find renewal database. And in that database, you can find everything from diocesan liaisons, renewal centers and offices with diocese and archdiocese to covenant communities, religious orders, ministries, but you'll also find prayer meetings, and these prayer meetings that you'll see there, you can search by language, so in French, in Spanish, you'll find Filipino and Vietnamese prayer groups. We just recently added Brazilian prayer groups all across the U.S., so go to the website, click connect, find the database, and plug it into a prayer meeting. Maybe you're a prayer group leader, and you're saying, you know, I'm not sure we're listed there's a place at the bottom of the page where you can add your prayer group or update your meeting time and information so uh, again we are so humbled to serve the work of the holy spirit in this nation and we look forward to talking with you again at our next episode and
0: as always thank you very much to our listeners from all over the world we want to say this very clearly thank you We've had thousands of listeners from at least 25 different countries that have been downloading this podcast and listening, and we hope that we are making impact in your life. For more information, please go out and visit our website at pentecosttodayusa.org. Again, that's pentecosttodayusa.org. Thank you very much.